0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, and whenever you are listening to this, welcome to Coffee and Christ. I'm Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, and this is my weekly share of the daily devotional process that I go through, and it's totally spontaneous. I give you a chance to eavesdrop on my life, if you will. So you never know what you're gonna get (laughs) you never know what you're gonna get but it's gonna be genuine that is for sure so let's jump right in today with the verse of the day and again I'm recording this on Thursday July 8th see God has come to save me I will trust in him and not be afraid the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. And that is Isaiah 12:2. I love that. And again, I've become really attuned to the nuances of words in the Bible. Here it says, I will trust in him and not be afraid i will that's a very positive statement there's no wishy-washiness in that statement i will that means it is happening and i think that's really what faith taking a sip of the coffee here that's really what faith is all about right it's saying i will not i may or when it serves me or today but not tomorrow or Right in this moment, but the next moment when something crazy happens, right? It is, I will trust in him and not be afraid. And, you know, that as I have become less and less. Well, I've, I think I've, I know I have completely, I'm completely not living in any fear at all. And on that journey to this. I guess you would say, fearless state, more joyful state, peaceful, joyful state. People who are living in fear stand out and they become much more apparent to me. You know, I can see it. I can see it just in their eyes. I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, oh yeah, the crazy eyes. You can just see it. I'm like, yeah. And that isn't a bad thing. It's just it's an indicator of where a particular person is. And, and what my mindset is when I come across those people is to just get them to take a deep breath and calm. I don't tell them to do that. I just do that with my actions. I present to them love and peace. And they can't help but reciprocate with love and peace back to me and sometimes that's all it is. It could be a waitress or a waiter. It could be somebody in you know, the grocery shop uh, as you're going around. You know, whoever it is that you encounter in your day, what I do is if I see that, I just show them peace and joy. Don't, I've learned not to give advice unless people truly ask for it because people aren't going to do anything with it if you just give people advice unsolicited probably the worst thing you can do um, in my experience and now the next line here is so good the lord god is my strength and my song he has given me victory so that is so cool the victory has already been won it's already done the work is done right the victory is had you are all you need to be right now in terms of god created you and he created this amazing amazing creature all we have to do is chip away the crap that the world has put around us so we can allow the true god created being to come out and emerge and bless this world with the amazing gifts that God has given us it's truly that uh reading out of a book recently I think it was Return to Love um and one of the famous sculptors I forget which one it was but you know his mindset was God already created this beautiful piece of art right within this rock my job is just to chisel away the outside yucky stuff right and and, and make it and reveal what God has already created. And I think that's the way with us too. I know that's the way it is with every single, every single person out there. So this is so powerful. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Doesn't that just make you happy? He's my song. He's given me victory. You guys can go out today and know that you already have victory right through what God has done for us by sending his son here and that's the strength we rest in oh my goodness this is very very good I love it the more I think into it the more I read it the more inspired I get and I think that is the other great lesson of reading the word it's just the amazing lessons you get the more you think into it that's why this podcast is helpful for me because i actually am talking out loud which is an amazing way to reinforce something if you're if you're talking out loud it brings so much more clarity you can have conversations with yourself around any situation it's going to bring A ton more clarity to you so I encourage you to give that a try sometime it's really really good okay let's go to our plan the title today is making the choice the reason it is so crucial to adopt the Bible's view of a wise choice over finding the one and this is to do with relationships is that the former attitude allows you to objectively consider the person you marry there is no objective measurement of destiny how indeed can you possibly know if someone is your soulmate? <laughs> Powerful emotions can blind us to all sorts of clues. But when we adopt the biblical attitude of making a wise choice, we can use all that God has given us to arrive at a solid decision that should be based on a number of factors. Scripture mandates is the person a believer who fears God, that's Proverbs 31:30, 30, and who is biblically, biblically, eligible for marriage mark 10 11 and 12 how do they handle their money this is the wisdom is this person a hard worker so you guys take notes if you're if you're single and thinking about marrying one day this is good stuff do they live an upright life and that's proverbs 13 6 20 25 and 28 does this person wound people with their words, or are they an encourager? And that's Proverbs 12, 18, and eighteen twenty one. And finally, are they peaceful, or are they quarrelsome? There you go. That's pretty good right there. So these are the tips, right? <laughs> I love this. Um, definitely a blueprint for me as I move forward in my life. Um... So I love this wisdom. How do they handle their money? Are they they a hard worker? Do they live an upright life? Do they wound people with their words? Are they an encourager? Are they peaceful or quarrelsome? Parental and pastor advice. Your parents know you better than you may realize. And even if they aren't believers, they still usually want the best for you. At least consider their opinions. Also talk to your pastor and other godly people you respect. Does this relationship seem like a fit to you? Are there any areas you're concerned about? Oh my goodness this speaks to my heart all the way I had even friends say to me after my last marriage which didn't last very long well I could kind of see there were some things and I was like why didn't you tell me (laughs) so I gave them permission to speak into my life and if they see some things in the future to just tell me because I will listen to their wisdom for sure and factor it in to my to my thought process and ultimately, of course, I'm you know, surrendering all of that to God, but this is some good wisdom to mix in there. Um, let's see. If the people I most respect had serious reservations about a relationship, I would assume I had lost my objectivity, that I was both vulnerable and stupid due to infatuation and put all marriage plans on hold. Yes, so true. And I did have, thinking back, a couple of friends say, hey, you need to slow down a little bit and wait and i plowed right through that advice so interesting looking back and reflecting um and and you know that's where the learning comes so going forward i'm not going to plow through wisdom coming from you know my friends my my G, followed, fellow jesus followers right Rejecting the notion that God creates one person just for us doesn't discount the reality that God can lead us towards someone and help us make a wise choice when we seek Him in prayer. We want to surrender to God's providence by seeking and using the gift of wisdom, applied learning, and rational understanding. That is so good. Go through the above questions and suggestions. Does any warning, do any warning bells go off? While this may not sound romantic, it's much better to see these potential roadblocks now than into, than three years into a marriage. Amen. That is one thing I am surely blessed for, that my marriage only lasted a year. So there wasn't a whole lot invested in it. I, I cherish that year. It was an amazing two years. Had some of the best experiences of my life. I grew spiritually so much and um, emotionally and everything else. So it's definitely a blessing, <clears throat> but to to the point of this, you know, notice those roadblocks early on and don't ignore them. That's what I'm learning, not to ignore them um, and to listen. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's go into some. Oh, let me see here if there's anything else. Oh, then they went into, Uh uh-oh, see, now I'm, sorry. Uh, Okay, and then Mark 10 says, he told them whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her, and if a woman divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. Woo! that one is pretty crazy. Um, I think both my marriages, my ex-wives divorced me. So maybe I'm in the clear. (laughs) I don't know though. I'd have to get some wise counsel around that for this life. I'm sure there are situations where, um, you know, like our pastor Ronnie always talked about, um, there's situations especially if there's abuse going on, either physical or or mental abuse, that get get out of the marriage as soon as you can. So this isn't an absolute thing here. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here if anyone asks. What are you doing? Just say the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing? Untying that colt. They said what Jesus told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Praise God in the highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem, went into the temple after looking around carefully at everything he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. All right, I'm not going to read this whole thing, guys. I I got, I think, caught into something else here, but that's the way this happens. Anyway, um, let's go ahead to the reading. And I think it is just that... Uh, that discernment see this is what happens in my everyday life I think I'm going down one road and I let technology fool me and I ended up down a whole nother path so forgive me all right let's get into two kings right now we've got landscapers here they're actually putting in our landscape I'm so excited Okay. During Jehoiakim's reign, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, invaded the land and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. But then he turned against Nebuchadnezzar and rebelled. The Lord sent Babylon, Armean, Moabite, and Ammonite raiders against him to destroy Judah in accordance with the word of the Lord proclaimed by his servants the prophets. Surely these things happened to Judah according to the Lord's command in order to remove them from his presence because of the sins of Manasseh and all he had done, including the shedding of innocent blood. For he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord was not willing to forgive. As for the other events of Jehoiakim's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? Jehochim rested with his ancestors, and Jehochim his son succeeded him as king. The king of Egypt did not much match, march out from his own country again because the king of Babylon had taken all his territory from the wadi of Egypt to the Euphrates River. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta, daughter of El- Elnathon. She was from Jerusalem. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord just as his father had done. At that time, the officers of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, advanced on Jerusalem and laid siege to it. And Nebuchadnezzar himself came up to the city while his officers were besieging it. Jehoiakim, king of Judah, his mother, his attendants, his nobles, and his officials all surrendered to him. In the eighth year of the reign of the king of Babylon, he took Jehoiakim prisoner. As the Lord had declared, Nebuchadnezzar removed the treasures from the temple of the Lord and from the royal palace and cut up the gold articles that Solomon king of Israel had made for the temple of the Lord. He carried all Jerusalem into exile, all the officers and fighting men and all the skilled workers and artisans. A total of 10,000, only the poorest people of the land, were left. Nebuchadnezzar took Jehochin captive to Babylon. He also took from Jerusalem to Babylon the king's mother, his wives, his officials, and the prominent people of the land. The king of Babylon also deported to Babylon the entire force of 7,000 fighting men, strong and fit for war, and a thousand skilled workers and artisans. He made Mataniah, Jehochim's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. His mother's name was Hamalto, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just as Jehochim had done. It was because of the Lord's anger that all this happened to Jerusalem and Judah. And in the end, he thrust them from his presence. So you guys, that is two kings. I think, I think we talked about this last week. I think only two of the kings out of the, I don't know, 30 or 20, I can't remember, uh, during that period followed the Lord. It was crazy. These people just did not get it. And God will become increasingly frustrated. Um, and, and it is, but he's a loving God. He just keeps on loving, even in spite of all of that. So I think we're still learning some of those lessons to this day, right? We can see this world still doing some crazy stuff and people following idols and other than God, you know, just look around our world and we see it. So it's just a good reminder you know we're in the right place when we're following jesus that's where we need to be don't let this world's things and stuff distract us don't let the false idols and you know the universe and all of this stuff it can be dangerous that stuff if you're messing around in that world that that can be a dangerous world there is truly only one god let's look at the verse of the day. when you seek my face is the bold Put aside thoughts of everything else. I am above all, as well as in all. Your communion with me transcends both time and circumstances. Be prepared to be blessed bountifully by my presence, for I am a God of unlimited abundance. Open wide your heart and mind to receive more and more of me. When your joy in me meets my joy in you, there are fireworks of heavenly ecstasy. Welcome to my life, you guys. This is eternal life here and now a tiny foretaste of what awaits you in the life to come. Now you see only a poor reflection as in a mirror, but then you will see face to face. That is it. Seek my face continuously. And that is the road that I want for each and every one of you to seek his face continuously. And the joy in you will start to be revealed to the world. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Psalm 27. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. John fifteen eleven. Finally, 1 Corinthians 13. Now we see, but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. How beautiful, you guys. This is within reach from for everybody and i wish that to everybody who is listening to this podcast today rest in those words know that you are a masterpiece under that rock you're just waiting to be revealed so allow all of that stuff to be scraped away and you know what that's what we do at life transform we get people out of isolation into community because once you're in a community of people who know you love you believe in you and don't judge you you can allow And you can begin to chop away at that exterior and reveal who God really created in you. And how cool is that? Reach out. Life-transform.com. Reply to this podcast. Share this with your friends. Subscribe. We've got big things coming with Life Transform. We're going to grow this community to create transformation centers all over the world. Cannot wait to see you on our journey with us. Love you until next time. Talk soon.